You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, uh, it's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. If you're watching, you're listening, emailing, tweeting, taking part in the chat row. They've submitted some t-shirts, so we're going to try to come up with a chat row t-shirt here shortly. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. I got on my soapbox in the first hour defending Aaron Rodgers as if he needs to be defended here. But uh, some articles came out and uh, some you know well-respected writers talking about the situation with the Packers, sending a message to Aaron Rodgers. Head coach wants to send a message. The passive-aggressive nature of Aaron Rodgers is not going to continue here. You take Jordan Love. You want to build your team in the image of the San Francisco 49ers, the team that you couldn't stop on the ground. There's a lot of drama. So more on the Packers coming up. Gang's all here, ready to go. McLevin, you got a poll question, and are we going to change it? Okay. Uh, our one was, will Aaron Rodgers be a Packers quarterback in three years? 68% said no. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think he's got two more years at that money. And then 2022, I believe there is an out. And yeah. I think that, you know, let's see what happens in the meantime here. You know, I'd hate to rush to get Aaron Rodgers out of my system, out of, you know, off my team here if I'm Green Bay. Because Jordan Love, if he's ready, it's probably going to be three years down the road. Yeah, McLove. I was having a discussion, uh, I am in with Paulie. How many teams would trade for Aaron Rodgers? Like 29 or 20? I mean, most Well, not teams 29, are, but. If you, Mahomes and Wilson, like there are very few situations where everyone, someone wouldn't say, well, if I could get a swipe at Aaron Rodgers, maybe like 20. The Patriots would. <laughs> Patriots would be, I'm sure Bill can, uh, we'll take a chance on uh, Aaron Rodgers here. Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers or Jared Stidham, I think that they would take uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, McLean. What, what about the Cowboys or some team like that whose quarterback is due big money? Maybe they go a different direction and say, hey. You well, know, I don't want to get into these hypotheticals because it's not real. In the next two years, he replaces Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, and he's known as Jolly Roger. We've already got it. We got the T-shirt. We're going to trademark that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll share the profits with Aaron, but I think that that'll be it. Aaron will stay in the NFC and go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and replace Tom Brady. All right. Uh, what's the uh, other poll question you're thinking about? I have a couple options. Okay. College basketball or, or baseball realignment? Which direction you want to go? Uh, all right. Uh, give me baseball realignment. Okay. Which sport needs realignment the most? The NBA with the West always being better than the East. NFL with bad divisions. I'm not going to say AFC South, but AFC South. Or baseball, because all the high-income teams seem to be in, in the same division. All right, baseball's discussing a plan to start the season in late June, playing in home stadiums with a realigned league. The East would have the Yankees, the Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, Orioles. They want to keep everybody in close proximity because of the travel. The West would be the Dodgers, Angels, Giants, A's, Padres, Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros and the Mariners. And then in the Central be Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, Royals, Reds, Indians, Twins, Braves, and Tigers. I like it. I mean, it's, it's just too early to go, boy, I'll sign up for that. This is all speculative. They got everything on the table. They're talking about when they'll play, and they're talking about late June. I was told that uh, yesterday that 
hey, your 4th of July, middle of July is probably a better target date for us, but there's so much that has to happen before we get anywhere near that. They do have all of these proposals. And I said, well, 100 games? They said, well, probably 120 is what we would shoot for, but 100 seems like that could be reasonable that we could get that in in the time frame that they're talking about. It's all speculative. It was fun to see that the Dodgers and Astros would be in the same division, but this is a one-time only. Or maybe what we're going to see with sports is we're going to be doing things, making concessions, and then maybe the year after that, we start to incorporate some of these things that we were looking at. And that, you know, we, we did it because we had to do it. Just like the NFL draft. The NFL draft next year in Cleveland is not going to look like the, it was this year, the virtual draft. But you'll have portions of that that you'll take with, you know, the draft next year. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. I was uh, going through shows yesterday and uh, just re-airs. And I, I stumbled upon... Kobe Bryant on the show. And I thought with all this talk about Michael Jordan, and there's been so much talk about that, and I believe this is around two years ago we had Kobe on. And I'm just going to play, it's about two minutes worth, but it's just Kobe talking about Michael Jordan. And when you think about the person who's come the closest to actually being Michael Jordan, it was Kobe Bryant. Because Kobe saw Mike, wanted to be Mike, you know, when we say, I like to be like Mike, none of us can be like Mike. Kobe says, I can be like Mike. But I like the back and forth. You know, obviously there's an age difference there, but that didn't stop either one of them from, you know, trash talking when they saw each other. So here's a portion of the interview that I conducted with Kobe Bryant about two years ago. We have these different debates, like people, places in history, like can LeBron ever be in the category, the same sentence as Michael Jordan? When did you get to the point where you realized that maybe the media wasn't going to put you in that same category or allow you to get up there with with Michael, or did they? Uh, I never, I never, I never thought about it to be honest with you. Like I, I've never tried to um, um, waste my energy thinking about things that I definitively cannot win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we can sit here and debate, okay, who's better, Kobe or Michael or LeBron and all sort of stuff. You debate that to your blue in the face. I'm not going to waste my energy on it until you develop a time capsule where I can go back in time and face Jordan in 91, 92, 93, um, put LeBron in that time capsule, put us all in the same era, and then we'll see what's what. But until then, I'm not going to waste my energy on it. Who would you want to face in their prime if you had that opportunity? Your prime versus their prime? Michael, 91. Ooh. Oh, you got the year. No doubt about it. Oh, okay. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. How would that play out? How do you think it's going to play out? <laughs> no, we, we we go at it. And Michael and I have had these conversations before, where we we, <laughs> we sit around, and we talk about it, and you know, and I say and I say ninety one because that's we felt like the year where he was really, you know, at his prime. You know, physically, mentally, just felt like he was just an absolute bull um, in ninety one. So. I would I would love to see what that looks like. But you know how he is. If anybody challenges him, like he comes right back, and you know, so you guys, does he give you grief about it, or? You know, I, I, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily a passive person when it comes to trash talking either, though. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> It's entertaining. I mean, we're both really creative trash talkers. So that was great. 
you know, just hearing him and hearing his voice, and, and, and it's a voice that would have been prominent in, you know, the documentary on Michael Jordan, you know, it may still be, because I think they're going to have a, a, Kobe, a Kobe portion of the documentary coming up, or Michael's impact on the league, the marketing, the global marketing, and also younger players wanting to be like Mike. At least that's what I, I've been told. But, uh, I, and I just wanted to play his, hear his voice again, talking about that. And, and you just hear that where, here I'm saying, hey, Mike's such a competitive guy. And I'm saying this to Kobe, who's probably going, wait a minute, you're not more competitive. Like he's saying, I'm competitive at who's more competitive, me or Michael. And Kobe is not afraid. He was not afraid. But uh, the fact that he said 1991, you know, you're not even looking at the championship bowls. You know, this is with that first year with Michael. And Mike's, what, 28 years of age? Mike won his first title at 28. Pretty amazing because he was that one-man show. And then all of a sudden, that's why I hope James Harden looks at this documentary and says, maybe there's a better way to go about this and win a championship. Because James Harden's going to have all of these scoring records. And he's not going to have anything to show for it. There was uh, uh, Jeremy Lin. I think there's a documentary on Jeremy Lin, and it talked about Lin's sanity when he was with the New York Knicks. And he just went off. He had like a couple-week period where he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated twice, and he was just taking the league by storm, this fascination with Jeremy Lin, who came out of Harvard, and all of a sudden he was – he was the player on the New York Knicks. And you had Carmelo and Amari Stoudemire. And you had Mike D'Antoni. And, and Jeremy Lin fit Mike D'Antoni's style. Carmelo did not. Carmelo was just a great mid-range jump shooter. That's what he did, and he's going to the Hall of Fame because of that. But what I was told at the time, and you know, it's been reiterated, Carmelo didn't want Jeremy Lin to be the star. And that's where it went off the rails. Jeremy Lin could have helped the Knicks be a better team, but Carmelo wanted to make sure that if they were going to be a better team, it was because of him. And you get egos, understanding. It, it, it's about when, when we recognize greatness, we start at the end and work our way back. How many championships you win? What did you do in the big games? How clutch were you? That's where we start, and then we work our way back. Aaron Rodgers will debate his greatness by working our way back. How many Super Bowl appearances? How many Super Bowl wins? How many MVPs? How clutch were you? And then you'll start to work your way back. Postseason appearances, whatever it is. That's why we start with Michael and people go six titles. And if you go six titles, then you can't go, well, LeBron's better because he's got three. You start six Oh, yeah, but LeBron's got three. Kobe's got five. But we don't let Kobe into that conversation. Kobe is more like Michael than any player, not even close. Everything about him, his personality, his style, his demeanor, you know, his size, everything about him is, is like Mike. Everybody. LeBron is nothing like Michael Jordan. Completely different. But that doesn't mean he can't be better than Michael. He's just different. You know, you can have Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, win an MVP, and you can have Joe Montana. Completely different, playing the same position. Michael, LeBron playing the same game, running a team, different. 
And that's what makes this amazing. But you work your way back when you when you have an argument, you want to win an argument, you usually work your way back. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Why? Start at the end, work your way back. Does that mean he's better than Elway? Does that mean he's better than Montana? In my opinion, no. But if we're going to put so much emphasis on winning, then yes, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Bill Russell won 11 titles. Now, is he anywhere near Michael or LeBron? No, he's not. But he won with a team, and the team was so important. If Bill Russell has two titles, nobody talks about Bill Russell as one of the greatest of all time. He would be a wonderful defensive player, limited offensively. He won 11. There is that score, the, the ultimate scoreboard. You just go, I got 11. How many you got? I got an Olympic gold and, uh, you know, one title in San Francisco when I was in college. Like, you can't argue with any of that. That's why when people want to look at greatness and how important it is to win, it's titles. Individual honors are wonderful. It's about titles. Mello will look back and go, hey, he won a title at Syracuse. But he didn't win anything in the pros. James Harden, we may go, eh, he didn't win anything in college. Mm, didn't win anything in the pros. One of the great scorers of all time. Whereas Clay Thompson and Steph Curry will be thought of in a higher regard than James Harden. Because it was about team. It was about an ensemble. They did something. You know, Dennis Rodman won titles. You can say he was crazy. He won titles. If he didn't have titles and he just had the hair and he dated Carmen Electra and Madonna, he'd not be a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer because he won titles. Yeah, Paul. You're going back to what Kobe Bryant said in that clip. It's it's weird to hear his voice. Right after he passed away, I saw a lot of stuff about him, and I think it was Michael Wilbon talking about him saying there were some clips of Kobe Bryant right after he got drafted, maybe a couple years after he got drafted, saying – People are comparing to Michael Jordan. He goes like, good, bring it on. That's what I want. He goes, if you're comparing me to Michael Jordan, that's what I want. Oh, man. And, and people are like, no, we're saying you're trying too hard to be like him. And he's like, I'm embracing that challenge. I want to have a career equal to or better than his. And Wilbon was saying, he goes, that's the uh, that's a scary thing about Kobe Bryant, that he was not afraid of that challenge and embraced it and talked about it outwardly. Because there were other players who didn't want that label. Right. Grant Hill did not want to be called, hey, you're the next Jordan. It was a heavy Heavy burden. Kobe's like, bring it on. Are you kidding me? What a compliment if you say that I, I want to be like Mike. I'm the next Jordan. And he came pretty close. Pretty damn close. They faced each other eight times. Michael won three times. Kobe won five. Mike averaged uh, 24 and a half. Kobe averaged just under 23. Kobe shot better from the floor. I don't know what those numbers really mean. But the fact that Kobe was not afraid to take it to Michael. And uh, I just loved hearing his voice, especially on this topic with, uh, with Michael and the Bulls and greatest of all time. Phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. I thought I was in the minority when I said I love the Jameis Winston move to New Orleans. I think a lot of people have come around on this, that Jameis Winston, who I believe is 26, is going to the New Orleans Saints. And you're going to learn under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. It is an ideal situation. We'll hear from Jameis Winston coming up. And uh, we'll get to your phone calls. We'll see if we're going to stay on that poll question. We'll check in with the Packers. Also in the final hour, Guy Fieri will join us. He's doing some great things for uh, restaurant workers. 
And, of course, he wants to probably talk about his Las Vegas Raiders. So a uh, guy will join us coming up next hour. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. And you can watch on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. And, of course, we're on 362 radio affiliates around the country. 17 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I saw some Super Bowl odds after the draft. Kansas City remains the betting favorite to win Super Bowl 55 in Tampa. This according to... The William Hill Sportsbook, they're now 4-1. to one. They were 7-1 to one back on January 20th. But keep in mind, they kept 22 of their 24 returning starters. Um, and I know you're going to go, wait, aren't there 22 starters, offense and defense? Hey, I didn't write this article. Somebody else did. So 22 of their 24 first stringers are returning. They re- redid Sammy Watkins' contract. Uh, they just got rid of their punter. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No team has gone back-to-back since the Patriots of 0304. The Ravens are 13-2 odds to win the Super Bowl. That's down from 7-1, to followed by the Niners 7-1, to which is what they were on January 20th. Why January 20th? You would think that it would... Well, whatever. Uh, the Saints are up from eleven to one to ten to one. My Cowboys are twelve to one. They were twenty to one. Yeah, Paul. Do you think people are going to cool on the Ravens? Not their roster, but Lamar Jackson because of his past two playoff appearances. Well, I think if if he doesn't, if he's not successful this postseason, now you start to look at this and say this might be habit forming. But he's twenty three years of age. I I know. I'm not trying to overreact. I'm just saying, (laughs) as far as picking them to win his career's over, he can't win in the playoffs. He's 20. We just said Jordan was 28 when he won his first title. Washed up. Yeah. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski with the Buccaneers. Their odds were 50 to 1, now 14 to 1. Seahawks are 18 to 1. No, 17 to 1. Packers, with all of that unrest, apparently, they are at 18 to 1. Eagles eighteen to one, Patriots twenty to one, Bills twenty to one. If that matters too, I also thought that uh, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, who just got there, came over from the bike Vikings, had some interesting comments on Baker Mayfield. He says they're going to quote keep their thumb on him. I don't know what that means, and I don't know if somebody said, "Hey, uh, coach, could you tell us what keep your thumb on him means?" I know the Stones have a song, Under My Thumb, but I'm going to guess that means we're going to make sure that we keep, you know, we don't let him go uh, too, too much off the script here. The coach said, I feel confident that we put him in the system we're implementing. We've added some pieces to the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's won in high school. He's won in college. He's won some games in the NFL. Now it's his third year. I just think there's a natural progression to these things. All right. Yeah. You know, they got talent there. They did well in the draft. Uh, Cleveland Browns had better go to the playoffs this year. Now, obviously a first year coach, Kevin Stefanski, you know, it's not in jeopardy, 
But if Baker Mayfield doesn't have a year similar to what he had his rookie year, then I think the Cleveland Browns start to look at this and go, is he a long-term solution? And you might go, wait, after three years? Yes, after three years. Jameis Winston, they gave him five in Tampa. He's now with the New Orleans Saints at the ripe old age of 26. And uh, he had some smart things to say. He was uh, doing a chat with uh, former NFL quarterback Charlie Ward. And he said what it's like to put your ego aside because you're going to be there with Drew Brees. I wanted to put my ego aside, put the money to aside and think about my family, think about my career. It was no better position than to be in the same room with someone that I really looked up to, someone that I admire since I've been playing this game and Drew Brees. Yeah, that it makes sense because you can look at this and go, Jameis Winston could be the quarterback of the future for the Saints, not Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston's a better quarterback. You don't want to hear this. You don't. He's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill doesn't play quarterback. He hasn't played quarterback in years. We love the fascination of Taysom Hill. We saw, we, we've seen everything Jameis Winston can do. Taysom Hill, you're like, whoa, he's like Lamar Jackson. He gives you a little tease, like, oh, man, we could turn him loose like Lamar Jackson. Jameis Winston is probably your future at quarterback. If you decide that that's you know, the direction you want to go in with a replacement for Drew, Drew's going into the broadcast booth next year. Signed with NBC Sports. Jameis Winston, I think this is a spectacular place for Jameis Winston. Now what he does with it is going to decide his future. If he's going to be a legitimate star in the league, we're going to find out. Over the next two years, we're going to know. Because let's see what he learns. Let's see what he takes away from Drew Brees. And there's no competition there. It's just like Jordan Love. What are you taking away from Aaron Rodgers? What is Aaron Rodgers going to teach you? Drew Brees, it's different. Drew Brees is saying, hey, I'll help you the best way I can. But Taysom Hill, it feels like the you know last time he was a great quarterback was maybe his freshman year at BYU. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, you're right, Dan. It was 2013. He was a sophomore at BYU. He, he threw for 3,000 yards and... 19 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. He, he also ran for 1,000. He was a great all-purpose quarterback. Then he got hurt in 14, hurt in 15. In 2016, he played 12 games at quarterback, and he hasn't played quarterback since. We love. He's a great athlete. Now, they didn't pay him as a quarterback, but they did pay him. But I look at, uh, this is Jameis Winston's team moving forward if he progresses. It's all about decision-making. And I, I talked to a source last night. I said, you know, explain to me Jalen Hurts going as high as he did. Not that he's going to the Eagles, because I do like Jalen Hurts, but I like him as a person. I like how he handled Alabama when he lost his job in the national title game. He went to Oklahoma and had a resurgence there, and he made himself into a pro quarterback. But I said, I was surprised he went that high. And my source said that he was surprised as well. He said, Second half of the season, defenses reacted to him, and he didn't process the information as quickly as he needed to. And that's when Lincoln Riley went to the backup quarterback because they needed to get the ball out quicker. They, they, you know, Jalen was not processing this in the first. Remember that first two months, first six weeks, he was unbelievable, and then all of a sudden, defenses sort of figured out what to do against him. That would be the big knock on Jalen Hurts is, can you process This is what separates good from great, great from Hall of Fame. 
Can you process this in 15 seconds? We can all do practice. You can be unbelievable in practice. You can study the playbook. You can watch game film. Now when there's live bullets, what do you do? And I think that'll be the interesting part of this with Jalen Hurts. How do you use him? And, you know, is it going to be a smart decision to take Jalen Hurts that high in the draft? I'm glad he, you know, he got drafted high. Uh, but, you know, from my source, hey, he's not ready and not going to be ready for a little while from the standpoint of processing this information. Uh, just pointed out to me, Peyton Manning didn't win a playoff game until his sixth season. He lost his first three postseason games. It took him nine seasons to win the Super Bowl. We speed up the process with these younger quarterbacks. And it's not fair to them, but that's the new NFL. Hey, how, can, how, how are you doing? Can, you know, you got to get us to a playoff. Got to get us to a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, you know, he went from, oh, what a curiosity to, oh, he's now taken over. Oh, wow, he's a lot of fun. Oh, he lost in the playoffs to the Chargers. To, oh, my God, he's the MVP of the season. You go into the play. Wait, they just lost? So now you go, okay, now what does he do this year that prevents that, where you get over that hump? And he's only 23. This isn't about the regular season. There's a lot of, lot of athletes. You know, James Harden is not about the regular season. You kind of figured that out. You know, that's a master's class there. Lamar Jackson, regular season, okay. It's going to be about the postseason. There's certain players where you go, you haven't answered that question yet. And until you do, it's always going to be about the postseason. And Lamar Jackson is, is too young to put a time frame on. I don't know if he can win the big one. He's 23. Remarkable. Yes, Paulie. Jameis Winston this year is going to be one of the lowest paid quarterbacks in the entire NFL. His salary, his base salary for 2020 is $952,000. He has a lot of incentives up to $3.4 million if somehow he plays a lot of football, which is... Not expected this year. If Drew Brees stays healthy, he'll make nine hundred fifty-two grand this year. He talked about what it's going to be like to play for New Orleans with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Being a part of New Orleans Saints, being a part with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, Coach Joe Lombardi, Coach Pete Carmichael Jr. When you think about that room, it's like a Harvard education in quarterback school. That's the approach. Go in, soak it up. And you can't fill up enough notepads. That's it. Because if you do it right, you're going to be the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And you're going to get paid. That's the most important part there. All right, we'll get to phone calls here. Fritzy, what do you have on today? I'm wearing that meat sweatshirt that uh, you gave me a while back for Guy Fieri. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I know there's many pronunciations, but I figured I should wear this today since uh, we have mm. a celebrity chef on the show. I like today. that. That's your steak sweatshirt? My steak sweatshirt. My I like it. steak sweatshirt. I like that. How many pounds of beef do you think that is? Are you talking about me or my sweatshirt? No, your sweatshirt. <laughs> uh, I'm saying something in the neighborhood of like solid eight to 10 pounds worth. Yeah, you Maybe look per like, side. Yeah, you look like you lost some weight though. A little bit. Yeah. Got a, definitely got a ways to go. I'm trying to walk a lot more since there's not a lot to do yeah. around the neighborhood. That's good. Days. That's good. Uh, McLevin, update the poll results. Are we going to stay with the one we had, or are you going to go on to yeah, something uh, else? Well, we could go in a different direction. The first couple hours was, uh, will Aaron Rodgers be a Packer in three years? 69% now say no. Well, judging from what's being written now, and granted, it's the offseason. It feels like the last couple of offseasons, uh, his leadership was questioned. 
uh, his relationship with Matt LaFleur coming in from Mike McCarthy, and now it's they sent him a message. Can't you send a message with by just sending a message? Do you have to draft a quarterback to send a message to him? Like the only way this is going to get through to Aaron, Aaron's a pretty bright guy. I'm guessing that you could send a message to him and he'd go, yeah, I got it. All right. He's 36. Aaron Rodgers not changing. That's who he is. And for better or for worse, but all of a sudden you want to change your offense. I, I'm, unless you go Aaron Rodgers' talents have deteriorated that much where he had four interceptions. What did he throw, 26? 20, yeah, yeah four, four interceptions in 16 games. Yeah, and he threw for 4,000. I mean, that's, that said, that's twice as many as 2013 when he threw two interceptions. Yeah. 2018. Well, he's slipping a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Seton. But that soundbite of him just before the draft keeps ringing in my ear of him saying, man, it sure would be nice if we drafted some skill position <laughs> players. And they go out and get a, a quarterback. It's yeah. Like, Dang, dude. They don't care at all. Oh, I would have loved to have been there with Danica Patrick and, and Aaron in Malibu. <laughs> they read off that name. All of a sudden, they're going, are you kidding hey, uh, hey, honey, uh, Packers are on the clock. Okay, all right, hold on. I'll be in there. And the Packers select... Quarterback at a Utah yeah! State, Jordan Love. Excuse me. Damn it. Turn it off. Turn, <laughs> just turn it off. Turn it off. <sighs> hey, the Packers are on the clock again. All right. Okay. I'll come in. And the Packers select running back, A.J. Dillon. Turn it off. Turn it off. Hey, wait, wait. The Packers are on the clock again, hon. And the Packers select H-back Josiah DeGuerro. Nice. Huh? Hey, hey, uh, you're, they're on the clock. Uh, all right. And the Packers take Simon Stepaniak, Jake Hansen, John Runyon. Did we get any wide receivers, Hunt? No, you didn't. Yeah, Paul. Wouldn't it be great if Aaron Rodgers tweeted out in response to we're, we're tired of his act? Cool. Give me some new castmates to play with or something like that because the guy's got to respond to this. He's got a, he's got a lot of shows. He goes on the shows in Milwaukee, other different shows. Do you think he will? Aaron Rodgers isn't a bite my tongue guy. Well, he'll, he's a jabber. Well, he's a passive aggressive, so he's going to get that out mm -hmm. somehow, some way. But, you know, he said, look, I get it. You're going to draft a quarterback, go back to the Patriots when Tom Brady had a bad year and they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo second round. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a bad year. The Packers overachieved. Like, I think because of Aaron Rodgers, he gives them a self-inflated worth of, man, we're actually good. No, you're not. At, at best, you're a 10-win team last year. In my opinion, you're not 13-3. and three. You, you were not in the ballpark with uh, San Francisco. You just weren't. And I think he gives them that, hey, we got Aaron here. Uh, he'll make something happen. This is a team that took a running back and made him into a wide, or a wide receiver and made him into a running back. Montgomery? Yeah, Ty Montgomery yeah. out of Stanford. I, I, I used to love him in the backfield wearing number 88. Yeah, that was so cool. So, hey, we need a running back. We'll just take a wide receiver. I, at some point, you would go... You know, man, it'd be fun if we traded up and got C.D. Lamb. Like, if I said C.D. Lamb was on the Packers, you got a running back, you got another wide receiver, you got Devontae Adams. Like, okay, all right. Now, all right, we're going to put some pressure on some people.
or if you trade up and get one of these defensive linemen, a run stopper, that would have been nice. Jeff in Detroit is joining us. Hi, Jeff. What up, though? Dan, one time for the chat. Well, listen here, man. You guys need to calm it down a little bit. First of all, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers pick was brilliant. Going up to get Jordan Love, smart people in the front office. You got to think of the future. Number two, Matt LaFleur is a pure genius. Coach of the year. His 13-3 schedule. I mean, his 13-3 uh, schedule thing, man. Listen here. A backup quarterback could have done that. And number three, Aaron Rodgers. How good is he? What do we really know about the guy? If I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd be calling Jake from State Farm, checking on warm weather states. Because, listen, in all business, Green Bay is not respecting that man's gangster, and you got to respect the man's gangster. If I was Aaron, I'd just get, go as far away from the NFC North as possible. Sign Lions fan. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff, of course, Lions apologist. Here's a stat for you. Actually, I'm going to take a break. It'll blow you away. Easy, Greeny. Do <laughs> you think Mike Greenberg went, wow, no, that's a tease. Yeah. This get up. This will change your life. Hey, get up. Trying to get excited. The most significant numbers you could possibly hear. That's next. On get up. I just don't have that energy anymore to, to say that. And get up. Greeny's able to do it, man. Good for him. Uh, we'll check in with the Packers coming up top of the hour. And, uh, of course, Guy Fieri. We're getting uh, our audience. And, look, I love the audience. Love the chat row, and they keep us honest here. I got people who are giving me the pronunciation guide for Guy Fieri. I would love for Guy Fieri, if I, when he comes on, I'm going to say, how do you pronounce your name? And if he said, it's Guy, not Guy. <laughs> like, he wouldn't even get to Fieri. He'd go, it's Guy Fieri. But Seton says, you got to use your hands. It's yeah. Bring all all of your fingers have to come together in order to properly pronounce his name as Fieri. Like mozzarella. 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 I it's it's weird though. There are certain words in Italian, or if you're ordering off the menu, it feels like you always got your hand up like this. Hmm. Yes, Paul. So the R in Fieri is like more like an L, like Guy Fieri. I don't know. That's how I pronounce it. But then, I, you know, we had the audience that uh, some people said, hey, I think Dan's mispronouncing Guy Fieri's name. So I said, all right. So well. you're saying it's Guy Fieri? No, no, no. I just did that as I'm like. Throwing the, I'm throwing the L in, Guy Fieri. <laughs> just a light L. Just a, a smattering of L after the guy in the Fier. Guy Fieri. I know how to pronounce Flavortown. Yeah. Well, I'll ask him. How do you pronounce your last name? Flavatown or Flavortown? Ooh, I don't know. Like, if you want to be more street, is it Flavatown? Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. I got a great stat. It may not, you know, blow your doors off, but it'll keep you through the commercial break here. At least I hope. And if you're watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show, it's time to go to the mail room. It's time to open up some mail from our audience. That's, that's after this here on The Dan Get up here on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. We started this hour. I played a clip from a Kobe Bryant interview that I conducted a couple of years ago where he talked about Michael Jordan and how he would have loved to have faced Michael in 1991. I had Paulie reach out to the director of the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. I was curious, 
uh, hopefully they interviewed Kobe Bryant and the word you got back from the director. Yeah, Jason Hayer, the director, said that uh, they did a full sit down with Kobe Bryant July 2019 for the Jordan Bulls documentary. Do we know what was talked about? He's going to send me a couple tidbits, but yes, they they had extensive content with him. All right, here's my stat. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers, started the show talking about Aaron Rodgers. Top 10 all-time passing touchdown leaders. Touchdown passes to first-round draft picks. Peyton Manning has 293 touchdown passes to first-round draft picks. Eli Manning is second, 135. Brett Favre, 127. Tom Brady, 105 touchdown passes to first-round draft picks. Drew Brees, 104. Dan Marino, 84. Fran Tarkington, 74. Ben Roethlisberger, 69. Philip Rivers, 35. Aaron Rodgers, 1. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes the stat of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes the stat of the day. I'm going to guess Aaron Rodgers deserves a little more credit. He has one career touchdown pass to a first-round draft pick. Yes, Paulie? Do you give any more credit to the Packers, GM, and scouting department to find decent receivers, good receivers in the second, third, and fourth round? You know, they got guys like, you know, Jordy Nelson and those type of guys, Cobb, all those guys. No, it's, it's nice, but it would be nice to get that guy who's a Hall of Famer. Devontae Adams is a second-round draft pick. He's good. You know, they, they, they have had good receivers. Have they had the truly great receiver? Yes, Eden. Aaron Rodgers has actually benefited from not having that um, superstar wide receiver who's, you know, the diva who's always open that you <laughs> have to get, you know, you have to oh, get you go. passes going their way. He Now, because he never had that person, he's been able to spread the ball out however he sees fit, which has really mm. just boosted his numbers. And that's what Tom Brady was able to do. You know, that Belichick purposely said, hey, I don't want the defense to lock in on one of our guys, so I'm right. going to go get you some average wide receivers here, some really small white guys. Uh, I'm going to get two tight ends, one guy who eventually go to prison for murder. But, hey, look, I want to throw the defense off here. I don't yeah, want them to think they know what's coming here. Freedom to go through your progression. Yes. Check down. <laughs> progression. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I like when we try to act like we know what we're talking about. Wait, right. no, he's just yeah. not going through his progressions there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, McLevin. I'm going through it, though. The great receivers never win the Super Bowl. You know, we've done that study before. Like, number one receivers just do not. He has one touchdown pass. pass to a guy who was a first-round yeah. draft pick. One. Yeah. Peyton's got 293. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, yeah, I guess they have some guys. But Marvin though, Harrison, Reggie Wayne. There seems to be this trend. The number one receiver doesn't win it at all. Julio should have won. They were up 28-3. It's, it's too soon to say that. Uh, Mike in Iowa. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Mike. Uh, 5'11", pre-COVID 298, <laughs> post-COVID 300. Whoa. Yeah. All right. Um, so did Green Bay draft Jordan Love in order to hold him for four years so that they can get a good deal saying that he is a uh he's a backup and get a team friendly deal in four years so that you know 
they can have a cheap quarterback and continue the, the greatness. Well, I mean, if that's their long game, then good luck with that because you don't even know what you're getting and you just use traded up to use a first-round draft pick on him. But uh, thanks for the phone call, Mike. I'm sure they have a great game plan here. But I'm just looking at this right now, Packers this year and Packers next year. If you don't like his passive-aggressive attitude, why did you sign him up to this contract? If the front office was ready to move on, so much so you got to send a message by drafting, hey, the only way we can get through to Aaron is if we take a quarterback in the draft. If that's the case, then why don't you go up and get Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Do you want to really send a message? That would really send a message. Jordan Love, I don't think that's sending a message other than, once again, you guys don't give me offensive weapons. That's all. But if you want to take a quarterback, Jacob Eason would have been the way to go if you want to develop a guy and I don't have to give up a first-round pick and trade up to get him. Every offseason, Aaron Rodgers comes up because of not a leader, his relationship or lack thereof with his quarterback or with his coach, and you didn't get him, get him any offensive help in the draft. But he's the most talented quarterback of all time. Yeah, Paul. And also, like you said the other day, it doesn't make sense financially. If you were trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers soon, it kind of makes sense in a year or two. But if you're planning on keeping Aaron Rodgers for the length of his contract, which I think is four yeah, more four seasons, years. then you're not going to get the financial value of, out of having the rookie quarterback love because then you're going to have to re-sign him. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is there in four years. It's just not. I, I can't see it. And not now because you now you've said this is our game plan. Last week... Maybe you would say, well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will retire as a Packer. I can't see that happening. We'll check in with the Packers coming up. Also, Guy Fieri Fieri, will join us uh, coming up on loan from Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Final hour, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show here on this Wednesday.